Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Six and ten. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You know, there's there's a verse that says it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I said in our ten o'clock session, there's got to be more than this than weeping and intercession altars and sacrifice there's also victory and blessing amen put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles which means the tricks of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places the, the problem's not who is sitting in the seat, who is sitting in the seat of politics. It's people that have given into the spirit of principalities. They gave in to the pressures of the Antichrist. Our problem's not with each other. That's why he said, forgive them quickly. Even 70 times seven a day. The problem's not people. The problem is darkness and spiritual wickedness and I mean, no, there's principalities. It means spiritual governments. If we learn to get our eyes off people, 
and blame the devil. Paul had a woman that vexed his spirit. He turned to her and rebuked the spirit in her. He didn't come after her. It's a spiritual issue. Everybody say we're warriors. Not against people. But against the devil. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand. Put your hand up. Withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. You can stand in an evil day. That's what he's saying. You don't have to quit, give up, or give in. Just stand. When you've all you've done, you've done all you can do just to stand. Just keep standing. He's giving you the power to stand. That's why you stand during the preaching. Amen. Let me just tease it. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Not the gospel, but the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able. Oh, I love that. The, the Bible's so positive. Sometimes we only see the negative, but shall be able you shall be able look at your neighbor say you shall be able to do what look at your neighbor say you're able to quench all not some all the fiery darts of the wicked I hear verses like no weapon formed against me shall prosper take the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Verse 22 says, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose. Everybody say purpose. So the night before last, I went to sleep hearing this statement in my mind. I could feel the Holy Ghost in it, but this is what I could hear. It was simply prepare your sons. Prepare your, now I'm not leaving the daughters out but there's biblical connotation with sons and warriors. And I would like to preach for the next few moments on prepare your sons. Everybody shout prepare. Look at your neighbor and say, we need to prepare our sons. Clap your hands and praise him. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I jump right into this. I read in Jeremiah 49 and 1. And it reads something like this. Concerning the Ammonites. Everybody say the enemy of Israel. Thus saith the Lord. This is God speaking to the enemy of Israel. He said, hath Israel no sons? Are, are there no sons to inherit the land? Does Israel have no sons? Where are they at? Where, 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 are, the, where are the young men at? I'm looking out. Are there no sons in Israel to inherit the blessings? To inherit what the next generation is to pass down? Hath 
Israel no sons? Hath he no heir? Watch what he says. Why then doth the king, why then doth their king inherit Gad and his people dwell in his cities? He said, he said if, if Israel has sons, then why does Gad belong to the Ammonites? Gad was the place, the Bible says that, that, that in Gad will be the, the, the boundary. The Gad will be the warriors. When you study Gad, you're finding that that's an army corner. It is the wall that separates the promised land from the enemy land. Gad was the boundary land. Everybody say Gad. You'll find they were known as the Gadites. And uh, you, you can read about that. Even Jesus delivered a, a man that was in Gad in the New Testament. But he said, why, why? Does the Ammonites now own Gad, which is a piece of the promised land that belongs to the children of Israel? He said, are there no sons? Let me tell you what he's saying. Are there no heirs? Are there no warriors in the camp? What are the boys doing nowadays? Are they playing too much video games? Are they more concerned about soccer and football and basketball? What are they doing? Why are they just giving up things that belong to them? That's what God is saying to the enemy. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord. He prophesies that I will cause an alarm of war to be heard in Rabbah of the Ammonites. And it shall be a desolate heap and her daughter shall be burned with fire. Then shall Israel be heirs unto them that were his heirs, saith the Lord. This is what he's saying. Why are we losing pieces of ground that belong to the people of God. Is the reason that there's no sons in Israel? Is the reason there's no heirs left? So you're just letting whoever come in and take what really belongs to you? The problem wasn't that there were no sons. The problem wasn't that there wasn't a generation that was there. The problem was there was a generation that knew not war. There was a generation that did not have a desire to fight. They didn't have a desire to have. Just come and take whatever you want because we're busy about other things. But I come to preach to you that Joel made a statement about the last days. He said, it's not gonna be that way. Joel prophesied, everybody say last days. That he saw some things. He said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. He didn't stop there. He said, but the sons and the daughters are gonna prophesy. In the last days, I'm gonna have a generation that's not gonna sit back and let the devil do whatever he wants to do. There's a generation that's gonna stand up. There's a generation that's gonna prophesy what God is saying and they're gonna see what God is saying. I hear that song that he sang today. Jesus declared about his church. He said, up on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. That means stand against. What he was saying this, he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You might be six years old, but you've got more power in the blood and in his spirit than all the demonic forces put together. Can I say to you, I have no fear of tomorrow because I know what's in the building. There's sons and daughters that'll fight for 
somebody say amen. I come to you. Do you want to fall away? I know there's verses about falling away, but that's not all that's in the Bible. There's the Bible talks about and adding to. When I read the Bible, I don't see gloom and doom and despair. I see victory. The darker the night, the brighter the light, the more evil in the world, the more powerful the generation. Somebody shout hallelujah. Everybody say, hath Israel no sons. Say it with me, hath Israel no sons. I just want to ask this generation, is there anything in the kingdom of God that you want to hold on to or you just want to let it all go? Is there anybody here in this youth group today that would jump to your feet and say, I'm not going to let the devil take my inheritance? Come on, is there any parents in the building that said the devil can't have what God's given me? I'll fight with everything in me. I'm not gonna fight against people. I'm gonna fight against the foe, which is the devil. Here's how the Bible writes it. Ye have overcome them little children, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know what that means? No matter how bad the world gets, the church will always be greater. I need somebody to help me right now. Listen to what I'm preaching. What God has given you and what God has put in you will always be greater than every demonic force, every attack, everything he throws. Greater is in you. Greater is with you. Hallelujah. Hath Israel no sons. He goes and judges and proclaims this story. In Judges chapter 20, verse 15. It tells about a, a, a group of people. It says, and the children of Benjamin, everybody say Benjamin. Some of you say Benjamin, but it's Benjamin. The children of Benjamin were numbered at that time out of the cities, 20 and 6,000 men that drew sword. 26,000 people that drew a sword. That's a lot. That's an army of sword wielders. I don't have a sword with me. I should have brought Finn's sword. It says that drew sword. They were, that was the elite um, weapon choice was to have a sword. It really was. There were spears. There were also bows. But th this is something every true soldier is going to have is a sword. Everybody say a sword. So beside the inhabitants of Gibeah, which were numbered 700 chosen men. They were different. Among all these people, there were 700 chosen men that were left-handed. Left, they were left-handed. Some believe some of them had been handicapped by circumstance, but really if you study Benjamin, you'll find that the most predominantly left-handed people in all of Israel were Benjamites. Everybody say left-handed. How many of you think backwards in the building? Would you raise your left hand? I hear you. I hear you. You think with the right side of your brain. I've heard that. Because I got a left-handed boy in here. Raise your left hand, Sawyer. Yeah. Yeah. They make special scissors for people like you. And uh, uh, they were left-handed. Everybody say left-handed. 
um, not till recent years they realize that left-handed people think different. Uh, not worse, uh, but just a different way of thinking. Out of 26,000 swordsmen, military, the Bible clearly states that in the Benjamites, there was an elite group that was chosen, and they were left-handed men. And it's, it, it states it this way, everyone could sling stones at a hair breadth and not miss. They were prepared. Everybody say prepared. Now, I had one of the young ministers to make me a sling, and this is what they came up with. So since masks aren't being worn now, you have a great opportunity, all the kids in the building, just to uh, don't let them go to waste. Um, I remember when I was in the hospital when I was 12, 12 years old, they'd come and give me an IV just about every day and uh, take my blood and IVs till my, my veins literally got hard. I had so many, two weeks, I had so many IVs and treatments. And, and, uh, but they put those rubber things around your arm. I mean, I'm talking about, then they find the vein and, and uh, I saved all those, made slingshots out of them. That's what country boys do. The other day I looked out and Finn said, what are you doing? He said, I'm gonna go practice with my slingshot. That's what boys do. But there was a group of, how many are left-handed in the building? Stand, matter of fact, let me, let me have you stand. My goodness, help us, Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. Left-handed, you can be seated. Everybody say left-handed. They were so skilled, everyone could sling stones at a hair breadth and not miss. And the men, men of Israel beside Benjamin were numbered 400,000 men, 400,000 men that drew sword. All these were men of war. It declares that there was very few compared to 400,000 that used a slingshot. So it's a minimal there's not a lot that do this, but just because it's minimal doesn't mean it's minuscule or less than. Because I read in 1 Samuel chapter 17 a story about a king who was a Benjamite. And um, he had history. Bible goes on to say that it was only him and his son that drew a sword. It appears there's only two swords. How many know the story? Y'all haven't turned me off, have you? But it was, it was Saul and Jonathan were the only ones that had the elite, elite weapon of choice. But yet, he chose to hide in fear instead of fight. He did. Also, not only was he a king that had a sword that hid behind a bush when the man by the name of Goliath stood up, there's some giants that are about to, I'm gonna just tell you what I feel. There's some giants that have been hanging around that are about to die in this generation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There, there, there are giants that 
that attacked generations past and, 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 and people ran in fear and didn't fight. They just turned Gad over, if you will. They just turned it over. They just, they just let the young people go. They just let this happen. They just let it. They didn't fight like they should. And the Bible says Saul went and hid and they were, they were fearful. And, and, and there was a man by the name of Jesse that told his little boy, and uh, uh, come here, come here, come here, David, run up here with me. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Come up here with me. And uh, I don't know if he's out catching turtles and frogs. I don't know what he's doing. I, he was keeping his father's sheep, but he went and got him. And he said, here's what I need you to do. I, I want, uh, he had this stuff in his pocket. And uh, stuff that in your pocket. Yeah. Um, what else you got in your pocket? Let me see what's in your pocket. You got something in your pocket, don't you? Huh? What do you got in your pocket? Oh, he's got... He's got a knife in his pocket. Uh, <laughs> the new security uh, uh, head of the church right here, you know. And uh, uh, he's got it. He's put it in your pocket. And uh, 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 <laughs> you should have seen him was three. He had five guns in bed with him laying like this and one up under his pillow. I mean, it just every night he had a pistol laying somewhere in a knife. I can't tell you how many times I've reached in his pocket and there'd be some type of knife, whether it's a toy or not. And uh, David, uh, his dad looks at him and says, here's what I need you to do. He said, uh, I need you to go feed, take some lunch to your brothers. What you don't realize is you in your younger age are going to be a strength to the people that are out there thinking about fighting. Let's, let's get all the old people in the building, whoever you might be in the building. Wait. <laughs> Carol, you look good to be 103. <laughs> hey, listen to me. Listen, all the older people understand something. You get joy seeing a kid that wants to do right. <laughs> it warms your heart. When you see a young man that wants to worship, wants to be at the house of God, wants to work, wants to study, wants to do, come on, that sometimes does what you weren't wanting to do at one point in your life. There's, there's a strength in that. And Jesse, Jesse, Jesse says to him, I want you to take some lunch to your brothers. And he gets it ready, some cornbread and bread, and he gets it and he takes it to his brothers. When they get there, something was in him because he had already been anointed. Bring me that anointing oil. Pastor Cody, bring it up here. Brother Nehemiah, run up here. And give that to Brother Nehemiah. Come up here, Samuel. Come here, prophet of God. Comes up and he pours oil over him. Pour oil over him. He pours oil over him. Oh my goodness, I'm in trouble with your mama. And uh, oil over him. It's all the way down him. And uh, it's over him. The Bible says when he was anointed by the prophet that the spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. He didn't, he didn't look at bears and lions the same. He no longer runs from the attack. He gets and runs to the attack. He runs to the enemy. You can't have what belongs to my daddy. You can't have what belongs. You can't have it. You can't have it. I wish somebody would shout, you can't have my family. You can't have my joy. Come on, you can't have my inheritance. Come on, young people, do you want to be strung out or you want to be victorious? Do you want to be holy or you want to be ungodly? You can.
you to be. And I feel this. Prepare your sons. Prepare your sons. And he said, David, I need you to go feed your brothers. Finn, when you sing, Jackson, when you sing, Riley, I think was up here, when they sing, is I, am I telling the truth? We get good out of seeing young people love God. It strengthens me. It doesn't have to be perfect to be strengthening. It doesn't have to be, come on. Can I say to this congregation, I don't care if they're three, 30, or 93. When they step in the pulpit, get in the microphone, don't criticize them, lift them up. I'd rather have them here than a soccer field. I'd rather have them here than a dance club. I'd rather have them here. I asked Sawyer when he was just a boy. I said, Sawyer, I said he was 10. I said, what do you think it's gonna take to keep you in church? What's it gonna be when you turn 18? I can't believe I'm there. Kids turn 18. What are you gonna take? He thought for a minute, Sawyer does. Sometimes he speak, would speak as 10 and other times as 50. He'd say, he said, I would say if you involve me, I'll probably never leave. Involve me. Could I say it's easier to push them out of the house for somebody else to coach than it is for mom and daddy to coach? It's easier to put them out of the house for them to hang out with somebody else so you can get your, I come to preach to you. God said, prepare your sons, prepare your children. You ought to be the number one coach. You ought to be the number one mentor. You ought to be the number one God. You ought to be. I feel something in the Holy Ghost, buddy. I feel something in here right now. He He sent you with bread, but there's a slingshot in his pocket. He sent you as as a strengthener, but there's a slingshot in your pocket. He sent you as a shepherd, but there's a, somebody shout, there's a slingshot in his pocket. You gotta watch out with little boys that have slingshots in their pocket. He shows up when he gets to the battlefield. He's got bread baskets. He's got baskets like Red Riding Hood. He's carrying a basket. He carries it up there. He goes to his brothers and all of a sudden he hears Goliath saying, send me a man to fight. He hears Goliath say, whoever will fight me, if he conquers me, we will be subservient. We will become servants to you. But if I conquer him, then the entire nation of Israel will be servants to us. Can I say that's the challenge in 2022? If you let the prince of this city conquer us, you will be servants and slaves to that spirit. It's a fact. You take, you don't fight the battle, don't engage in the battle, and don't teach your children. They will become slaves to that spirit. I feel that convicting in my soul. If I don't fight, and if I don't teach him to fight, he will become a slave to a giant in the land. But he's not just a Levi. He's not just of the tribe of Judah. He's not just an Israelite. He's an Israelite that has a slingshot in his pocket. 
got a slingshot in his pocket that's already killed a lion. He's got a slingshot in his pocket that's already killed a bear. Can I say, at his age, he ought to see God answering prayers and doing miracles. He ought to see a move of God. Come on, somebody shout, Israel has some sons. I want you to elbow your neighbor and say, Israel does have sons. I've got some sons. I've got some sons. Come here. Run up here. Be seated a minute. Andrew, come up here. He's got a slingshot in his pocket. Do you like slingshots? I bought you a rubber band gun one time. Guess what? Once he gets released to do what God's called him to do, He's not going to be the only boy with a slingshot in his pocket. Because when he... Walk back and forth a little bit, Finn. Come on. He's got a little swag anyhow. <laughs> he got a little... You should have seen him first time. First deer he ever killed. James, he was five years old. He strutted all the way to the house. Sandy and the kids are gone at quiz practice. He walked up to the dog and he said, I just killed my first deer. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you know why he's a deer hunter? Because I'm a deer hunter. But if he's going to be a giant slayer, I've got to be a giant slayer. I've got I've to be a warrior. I've got to have some fight down in here. I've got to, come on, I'm talking to some... I'm talking to some dads. You got to get some fight. And you said you can't take dad. You can't take holiness. You can't take purity. You can't take righteousness. You can't take godliness. You can't have my children. And when he gets, gets down there, there's Brother Nehemiah, you got a booming voice. I want you to shout, send me a man to fight. Watch this. The Benjamites. King goes and hides. All, all the army hid. The only people with a sword are hiding and afraid. Judges tells their history. There used to be Benjamites that didn't have swords that had slingshots. But now we got a Benjamite with a sword that's too afraid to fight. Almost for 40 days, they couldn't find anybody to fight. Until an anointed boy with oil in his hair. Sorry, Cindy. <laughs> an anointed boy takes his brother some lunch. And when he hears the voice of the adversary, square shoulders, Grit your teeth. Arr. Yeah, it's getting up. You got to get a little angry. He said, he said, what's going to happen to the guy that kills this uncircumcised Philistine? Finn, he never said giant. Because what was in him allowed him to never see anything that was bigger than what was with him. I wish there were some young people jump their feet and shout, we're gonna get through this, it's gonna be all right. 
Somebody shout, it's going to be all right. He said, what's going to happen to the one? What's going to happen to the one that kills the Goliath? And guess what? Guess what happens? They told him some things. He got, he got, he got before the king. And the king tried to put armor on him. He said, I've never used the sword. I've never used the army. Well, what are you going to do? He re reached in your pocket. He pulls out a slingshot. You imagine what Saul thought? The Benjamite? When he looked at a guy right here that's got a slingshot in his hand. Oh my. God's raising up an army. I believe personally that's why he let him go. Because history says there were some chosen men that never miss. That had slingshots. They were a little short, shorter than the rest. But there was something in him that the king released because there was something in the history of a guy with a slingshot that could go round and round and round and round that something was gonna release that was gonna kill. What's been, I come to you in the name of Jesus today that God has raised up a generation that's gonna kill what's been against you. God's raised up a generation. Come on, jump to your feet and clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Finn, I want you to wind it up. Come on, Goliath. Stand up here. Come here, Lawson. You think you can take him down? That's a yes. Come here. Sling, swing in the circles. Look at that. Hey, sometimes you'll learn that slingshots are most powerful after they gain momentum by doing the same thing over and over and over again. Going to church every Sunday is a momentum builder for the next generation. Going to church on Wednesday nights is a momentum builder for the next generation. Reading your Bible every day is a momentum builder for... Help me on the music. You know what it does? Consistency will always kill Goliath. Lawson, I want you to let that stone go. Throw that slingshot at the Goliath. Go ahead, hit him with it. Just like that. He falls. Falls down dead. Come up here, come up here, David. Go put your foot on him like that. No, this way, come around here. Put your foot on him. Come on, is there anybody in the building that says you can't have what belongs to me? You can't have my family, you can't. the only sword he had access to belonged to the enemy. And he picked up what the enemy was going to destroy him with. Pick it up. It's a fake sword, but pick it up. You ready? Pick it up. It's heavy. It's big. Grab a sword. It's, it's imaginary. Pick it up. And he hits him with it. Here's what I feel. The Lord said, prepare your sons. 
because they're going to destroy everything that's fought your family for years. That's what I feel. They might seem a little wayward. They might be a little bit distraction. But guess what? You put a slingshot in their hand and say, you're not just somebody I'm feeding. You're somebody I'm preparing. I'm preparing you for the battle. I'm preparing you for the war. Come here. Get your pocket knife out. All right, you don't have to leave there that long. Come here. Come here. Stand right here. Get your knife up. You know what you got to do? Hold it tight. Cut it. Pull tight, Brother Andrew. Come here. It's not just going to be one warrior. Hallelujah. Brother Tackett, run up here. Ooh. Brother Shook, run up here. Brother Tackett. Brother Shook, hold that. Hold on, hold on. Let him hold it. I got to finish preaching or I'm going to be up here too long. What are the elders doing? They're helping them prepare to kill giants. They're helping them. Do some more. Come here, youth pastor. Come on, don't don't be afraid of it. Get it. Greater is he that's with you. Come on, there any mamas and daddies gonna run up here and say, we're gonna prepare our sons for war. We're pre- Are there any young people that'll run up here and say, we're gonna prepare our children for battle. We're gonna prepare them. Everybody's involved. Everybody's involved. They're not too young. Come up here, Gabriel. Come up here with me. Every time the young preacher gets up, amen. Every time a young singer gets up, we worship with them. We call their name out to prayer and say we're preparing our children. Come on. Whether it's ACA, a Sunday school class, a home Bible study, a family devotion. When you say, come here. Come on. It's a weapon. When you pray, because you're going to pray prayers that are going to break curses that were in families connected to you. And you're not too young to have victory. Because David said, you come to me and all you've got is a sword, a shield, and a spear. But I can withstand the fiery darts of the wicked. There's a preparation of the gospel. It's not just Sunday school class. It's not just ACA. It's not just a family devotion. It's not just Wednesday night church. It's not just Sunday. No, every time I get up, I'm preparing 
sons and daughters for war. I'm not giving up Gad. I want you to say this. I'm not giving up Gad. If he gets Gad, he's coming for Naphtali. He gets Naphtali, he's coming for Judah. He gets Judah, he's coming for Reuben. Before it's over, he's going to have Tel Aviv. He's going to have Jerusalem. He's going to have it all. That's why David wouldn't let a bear take one sheep because he knew he wouldn't stop with one. There's a fire in here right now. Is there anybody feeling what I'm preaching right now? Emily, the reason a few years ago you were weeping, how old are you now? Come here. Read 12. You got into intercession. Come here. Don't be afraid. Just stand right here. Remember a few years ago you got into intercession. You're weeping and crying. Remember that? You didn't understand all these emotions. You know why? Because God was letting you war in prayer. You know why he let you feel the way you did? Because he trusted you that you could kill what was against your family. Against friends. He trusted you at a young age because God believes in young people. You know what I'm talking about. You and I talked one time about intercession and prayer and feeling things. There was against, and breakthroughs have come because of your prayer. That's why my dad let me preach when I was 11. Because God's not afraid of young people. He believes in empowering them. Every pregnant mother in this room ought to grab your belly and say, I'm going to prepare my children for war. Every grandparent, I'm going to prepare them for war. Every mother, every father, I'm preparing our children for war. I'm going to, oh, I feel this. I really do. When you lift your hands in a moment, the Holy Ghost is just going to gush up over you and God's going to give you wisdom and there's going to come. Go ahead. I want you to pray. I want you to praise. Come on. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. The greatest revival is here. Preparation of the gospel. I'm preparing them. I'm going to teach them to memorize verses. I'm going to teach them to worship. I'm going to teach them to intercede. I'm going to teach them to throw that slingshot. Come on, sing a song. Let's worship together all over the building. Come on, Dad. Come on, Mom. Come on, Son. Come on, daughter. Devil can't have what God's given us. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.